And what is up, guys? My name is Max Coglin, and welcome back to Warrior Weekly. This is the third episode of this podcast. Alongside me, like always, Jaden Taylor. Jaden, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's been a really busy last two weeks in, in Westside Sports. I know we've been very busy going back and forth, and uh, you know, got a coinciding of the end of winter sports these next couple of weeks, and then we're on to spring sports. Yeah, so we got two big things to talk about today. We're going to recap the boys and girls state wrestling finals. I know we had few not really big winners but we had Cole we had Ryan Zadica we did have a winner in the girls so I'll let you talk about that too but we also do are going to talk about upcoming next week we have boys and girls district basketball boys are are that number one wild card spot so they got that seated at home all their district games are going to be played at home so that's nice for them girls will be out at Lincoln Northeast so that should be exciting for them too so we'll let you get into that all whole state uh, tournament state finals and yeah yeah, I mean, what an atmosphere. Every single year, it seems like state wrestling just seems to get more and more electric. And, I mean, it's incredibly fun to see how CHI has, you know, brought all classes together. Um, I mean, not throughout the day, but but throughout the entire day, specifically from, from either early days for Class B and C, and then later days for Class A and D. Um, and then adding on to the girls, you know, aspect to it has been an incredible experience, I think, for a lot of different wrestling fans. It's, it's brought a new... Um, you know, electrifying group to it. It's brought a new, um, you know, group of parents. It's brought a, a new group uh, um, of fans to this sport, and it's really incredible to see how just just incredible the CHI Center was the entire list past weekend. Uh, Westside getting sixth overall in the state um, for this tournament. I mean, it's the it's the highest they've ever been since 1986, which is an incredible feat for them um, to be able to show how. And just how positive this group and how how incredible this um, this program as a whole has grown these last few years. Only one state champion, but in, in no way is that downgrading the incredible feats that Westside Wrestling has put in this year. Reagan Rossetter, incredible year, forty two and zero, back to back state champions. Technically, one with the NSWCA last year, and then finally with the NSA sanctioning girls wrestling, able to get. Uh, won this year in the NSA. Piper Zadiska, the only other girls wrestler of the three girls wrestlers able to qualify for state, um, started off strong uh, with with a big win. Um, they started off with uh, Ashlyn Latimer, I believe is how you say it, from uh, Southwest, but then uh, fell into the number one uh, overall in the 165 class, Kaylee Ricketts, and then would fall in our consolation matchup. But again, a freshman that does not have you know a ton of experience starting off her first year and. I mean, I think definitely a, a big room for growth for her. You look in the boys' side, Cole Hobman, another incredible journey to be able to get uh, to the state championships, able to take down Christian Nash in a pin in the semifinals. You know, after losing to him in the Metros, then beating him in state duels, uh, and then beating him once again in the actual regular individual state championships. Great journey for Cole. Cole, sadly, would not be able to take down Vincent Genitone. Uh, back-to-back years, those two have been fighting it out for one of the top classes, 195 last year, 220 this year. And, you know, Gentone was able to come out for it. And, I mean, that one, you, you can see in that one that although there was multiple other mats going on, there was not a more electrifying mat than that one right there. I think I saw uh, on Twitter there was something saying it, this match looked like it was two men going to war. And I think that was incredible to watch between those two. So I was, well, I was watching that match live also, and Vincent, he – it was. I know you're watching it too, but he got out with that 
like very quick. He got those points on the board, and I was, and I knew Cole had it in him. He could come back, and it was like nine to three, and it, Vince and Gentoni was just all over. The, they both were all over the mat, and it was so like the, the class B, C, and D. Those I think it was two. They were in two. They're two twenty, right? Mm. And it was just no one else was watching any other match but theirs, and it was just electric. They were just throwing each other on the mat, and it, I think. Cole at the very end, I think in that third round, he yeah. was close. He yeah. he had a few times where he maybe could have pinned him, where it would have changed the entire match around. But Vincent Gentoni just he, he, that's just a different breed type of kid. Yeah, I mean a, a ten five decision for for Gentoni, and um, you you talk about just how well North Platte's done. I mean that that is a town that lives and breeds wrestlers. I mean you, you talk about the incredible things they've been able to do the last couple of years. I believe it was Gehring who, you know, they had, uh, I forget what it's called. I, I'd have to go back and check, but um, the ability for them to kind of, like, bring out an entire wrestling mat into the center of their town um, and, and have that be such a big presence for them is incredible. Um, but, again, like you said, that was a back-and-forth matchup. I think, really, both guys were throwing each other around a lot. Both guys wanted to win that a lot. And I think with Cole, you know, seeing all the accolades that he's been able to bring to Westside, specifically in, in his weight divisions, he wanted to win that one bad. And, um, it was sad to not be able to see him come out with that. But, I mean, nonetheless, an incredible season for him. Michael Myers, also a, a big guy at 152 that, that had an incredible year. He ended off um, getting second, uh, ended off with, with a fall, able to um, sadly lose to Miller South's Tyler Antoniak. Antoniak's an Arizona State commit, and, you know, he's, he's a guy that definitely has a future ahead of him collegiately, but I mean, Mikey Myers got another year back, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's going to be another guy we're going to see next year that I think can bring a bring presence. And really, if I look at the 152 matchup, I don't know if he'll jump up to 160. Um, it's still possible, but I, I really think Michael Myers could, could be somebody next year that could bring home a, a gold medal. I mean, I mean, talk about just his career overall. Um, here at Westside, it, it's it pretty incredible to see what he's been able to do. You know, and he's got another year ahead of him, and, and I cannot wait to see what he'll be able to do next year. I mean, this entire program, even though they're losing, you know, a couple of big guys, Noah Aiken, who you know ha- had a had a pretty good year this year as well, was able to um, get on the leaderboard to, to end off his career. Sadly, not able to you know finish off with probably the the ending he wanted. But you know, again, a great year for Noah Aiken at 145. You're losing him. You're losing Zadiska. You're losing Haberman. Um, but you have Logan Edwards coming back, you have Mikey Myers coming back, and you have a program that has shown that it's willing to build, and it's shown that it's, I think, I think it's definitely grown in, in the aspect of Westside as a community. I mean, it's, I want to say before it's not been as big, but it's not really quite been in the limelight as much as it's been this last year or so, and I think this has been a great year for them, not just for now, but to build for the future, and I think these seniors and last year's seniors, you know, did a great job for them, and um, I, I really cannot wait to see what's next for both boys and girls wrestling. It's it's a growing sport here at Westside, and I really think it's just it's gonna be exciting to see what they can do. And it's gonna be exciting to see how Jernigan can, can really build this and and keep this mesh that's going so well. Um, you know, Jernigan and and, and Reed and uh, Reed Weber and um, and Mulligan working with the girls and some of the JV guys. It, it's really incredible to see what this program is building especially for a sport that might not be comparably in the limelight as much, if you want to say the NSA, for, for a lot of students like, like uh, basketball or football is. But it, it's, it's a sport that has an incredible fan base, incredible backing within Nebraska itself. I mean, it, w- it was shown just, just this weekend with both Friday and Saturday night 
being entirely sold out um, for the entirety throughout the day. And I believe it was sold out for almost four to five days beforehand. So, you know, it shows the backing that the state has for this type of sport. Um, and I, I think it's going to grow uh, into the Westside community these next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's an understatement to say that in the next few years, Westside is not going to have or is not going to have any state medalists because I feel like they will. And we'll see it on the girls' side too. We have two, two if not three girls that I will most likely say will probably qualify for state their next three years of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, Piper definitely has, you know, the three years ahead of her at 165. Not sure if she'll um, switch weight classes at all throughout that time. Reagan, I mean, man, the dominant year for her, dominant last two years for her, which has been incredible to see what she's been able to build, what she's been able to grow. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly when Tulsa Nationals are, but that'll be, you know, her next step. Kind of the, the club circuit for wrestling will kind of be her next step going forward. Um, and I, I guess I don't quite know what Piper is doing as well, but you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what they can do in the club aspect, if they really want to do that, or you know how they can grow themselves future-wise. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different wrestlers, these kind of juniors and some of the sophomores, that, that have a true possibility of being able to go to college and, and being a part of this program. And you know I, I think seeing girls wrestling, possibly even a college program, consistent college uh, um, sanctioned sport and program throughout the uh, NCAA and uh, NAIA, wherever you're going, JUCO, stuff like that. I think it could be something that's just incredible to see. You can kind of grow, grow this program, grow this idea, um, and grow, you know, really a sport that is, you know, new. But I mean, even Mike Sauter said this is the most, fastest growing sport in uh, in the United States. And I mean, why, why not? Why not just keep the momentum going forward? Yeah, for sure. So I think that's going to wrap it up for our wrestling talk today. It's going to be exciting to watch them for the next years. I'm here. I know you're leaving next year, but you'll still keep tabs on them because it's exciting to watch, like, nonetheless. It's exciting to watch them, and it'll be exciting to watch next year and the years going on. So next we got boys, bas- boys girls, district basketball starting next week, next Monday. Westside, everyone, I guess, would say they kind of guessed it, even though they did lose to Gretna, but – Everyone would kind of guess that they'd take that number one seed spot as for one of the districts, and they did. So Westside's got that number one spot, so all games would be hosted for districts at Westside. The four and five spot, Columbus and Omaha Northwest. Three and two, we got Lincoln East at number two, number three, Millwood West. Start off the 25th, we have number four, Columbus, taking on number five, Omaha Northwest. That game, I... I'd be very surprised if Omaha Northwest came out with a win on that. They're 0-22 on the year. Just not a team that has just not a team that seems to could win a game this year. Columbus, five and seventeen. Probably I'd expect them to win that game. And then they go into Westside and I don't think anybody's gonna beat Westside in this district tournament. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Millwood West, that's the number three spot on the other side. We saw what happened at the Millwood West game, and that was also at Millwood West. It was it was just embarrassing for them. Lincoln East, a team that, you know, they 13-8, and eight, they have a possibility. Like I said, Westside did just lose to Gretna, and I don't think I don't think you expected that to happen at Gretna too, which, I mean, that kind of puts a little bit on it that for Gretna's side, but I don't think anybody really expected Gretna to come in to beat Westside because mm-hmm. Westside was only, – only loss they had was Miller North, and they beat Miller North after that. So I didn't really expect – no one really expected them to beat win that. But whoever wins that Columbus-Northwest game – I think Westside will pull out with a pretty big win. Not saying that it's going to be pretty close. Not saying it's going to be a major blowout, but they're going to win. And then they go into that championship game on next Wednesday, the 2nd. That'll be either Miller West, Lincoln East. And I was saying Westside's going to be in that. And if it's Miller West, I don't think 
I think Westside has a pretty strong chance of getting into that the state tournament. Lincoln East also. Lincoln East, I think, has the biggest chance out of anybody in this like term in this pool to win, but I just think Westside has the flat-out chance to get in the state tournament this year. Yeah, I mean, to start it off with, you're talking to the 25th this upcoming Friday. Northwest is going to have to go all the way out to Columbus, which is a minimum three-hour drive to be able to get out there. Uh, to go up against a, a team in Columbus that, you know, has struggled this season, has struggled to be able to put consistent wins together. Uh, and, you know, we saw that at the start of the year, first game of the year, you know, they struggled to, they struggled to shoot, uh, to be able to shoot consistent shots. They struggled to, to be able to work well in transition. And that might have been, you know, I've been seeing a ton of Columbus myself throughout this year, but you know, I think that might have been a little bit of that fast-paced style that Westside's been putting on all season long. It's the first game of the year. Westside's, off, you know, off-firing, um, and Columbus maybe not quite – um, fully getting off to the consistent start they wanted. Um, but again, it's kind of carried over through the rest of this season. Omaha Northwest is, is a really odd team. I mean, sometimes you know they can play consistent basketball. You even saw this past week, they, you know, I believe were, were within 10. I know they were within five at the end of the first quarter to, you know, a top five team in Omaha Central. So, you know, when they need to, they can, they can stay consistent in some games, but I mean, they just have not found ways to win win games, to say the least. I mean, in 22 team, you know, you're the bottom seed in this entirety of the NSA Class A wildcard points. Uh, if those who don't know, the way districts are set up um, is you have your A1 through A7 districts. So um, this is specifically Class A, Class B through D2 um, can work differently. They have sub-districts and then districts, and that's a whole different conversation. But... Um, for Class A, of course, your top seven seeds throughout wild card standings, right, get to host districts. So they are the number one seed in districts. All the other matchups are, of course, by the higher seed, whichever uh, team hosts, right? So your top seven teams, and then past that, it's such like a snake draft. So um, you have your top seven seeds, your number one seed in the seven, right? So your A7, your number two seed is going to be the overall uh, num- number eight in the wild card standing. So it snakes around and goes back and forth. So you can look all that up um, on the wild card standings on the NSA. But um, I think Westside, again, were consistently be shown as either the number two or number three. Um, if they're able to beat Gretna uh, and have a couple of other things happen, they could have jumped up to the two past Bellevue West. Miller North solidified itself in the last couple of weeks to be able to stay uh, at the number one position with a couple of their bigger wins, both against group two uh, and group one teams. The loss to Gretna really solidified that Westside would be the number three, the number three overall seed with the NSA wildcard standings. So they get the number one seed in the A3 district, and they'll be going up against these four teams. I like to see Millard West in here, and maybe as petty as it is, it's because Millard West beat beat Westside last year in the state, uh, or excuse me, in the district or finals, excuse me, to head themselves to state. Um, you know, I. I like that matchup. I like that kind of redemption type of feel to it, and I think that can fuel this West Side team. Um, you, you have Miller West coming in against Lincoln East. Lincoln East, you know, is somewhat been a team that can jump in the top ten when they need to, but it's it's just been a chaotic year for the Heartland Athletic Conference tournament for boys basketball. Lincoln East, of course, beat Pius earlier in the year. Um, they 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 found ways to beat some of the other thing other teams in the Heartland Athletic Conference tournament, but it's really hard to gauge that conference as a whole. Um, one for me because I haven't seen a, a ton of their games this year, but two because you know you're having teams beat each other one night and then incredibly look horrible the next night against teams they should beat. So you know it's a chaotic look. It's it's hard to be able to gauge how Lincoln East could do here, 
Um, I don't see Columbus nor Northwest even having a chance that Monday, the 28th, up against Westside. That's going to be easy blowout win, I think. Don't start to think about the two nights later, but make sure you stay consistently. You get where you need to, and you get done, and you get on to your next game. Um, but again, if I'm me, if I'm a Westside fan, and if I'm a Westside player, I want Miller West to be like an ace, just because I think that would be an incredible matchup, an incredible atmosphere with two fan bases that you know love showing out in the biggest of moments, and it's a redemption game from last year. So you know, Westside, unless anything crazy happens. Um, they are solidified to be able to make state with a wild card standing such forth. Um, the only way Westside would not be able to make state currently is if they'd have to lose and they'd have to either have Bellevue West or Miller North lose. Cool thing to think about. No upsets, right? Number one seeds of the A1 through A7 district happen, and we have one wild card at the end of it. Guess who Westside goes up against to start off the state tournament? Creighton Prep. Would love to see that matchup to start off the year. I know we have the possibility to be able to call some of those games, but man, to start off with a West Side prep matchup in the first game of the Class A state tournament when both boys and girls are all coming in to, to one week, that could be an exciting thing to see, and, and I just cannot wait for it. I'll tell you one thing that when the state tournament happens, it's going to be filled, and because people are so eager to get down there and they want to watch like great basketball, because I know these past years, yet last year was. It was kind of full capacity, kind of iffy, iffy. Definitely with COVID, with, yeah, with, with, with concerns, mm-hmm. definitely COVID concerns, and um, you know sometimes limited seating to, to some extent. But I mean, student sections packed the, the house last week. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean Miller West, like I like I talked about, was a prime example. I mean, they were. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I'd have to see how many rows there are in Pinnacle Bank Arena for the lower bowl, but that's where the there, there might have there might have been one, maybe a half of a row not filled and the biggest setup for the student section right behind uh, the, the Miller North uh, hoop. But, man, I mean, it was incredible to see what Miller West could have done last year and that fan base. Um, I think it's going to be even better to see what Westside can do this year if, if everything goes correctly and nothing happens crazy. But, you know, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we could get the chance to call, and that's going to be exciting for us. Yes. If we can go down and prep Westside's first game, that – I don't think we could ask for anything better because both students are going to be. I know, I know there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of kids from Westside going down, a lot of kids from Crane Prep going down. It's just going to be exciting. And here's the weird thing, too, with that is that two years ago when Westside went up against Creighton Prep, same kind of matchup. You know, Westside it goes in there, I believe, as the four seed to start off with. Prep was the five. Um, to come into that matchup, Westside and Creighton Prep had never played in the state tournament before, which is incredibly weird. I mean, you have two programs that are as arguably in my opinion, if I'm biased or not, the best rivalry in the state of Nebraska by far, um, that, that have never played each other in the state tournament. They do it in a year when nobody can be there. I mean, there, there I can count, you know, maybe 75 people other than the, like, actual players and the coaches there. That was in a bizarre atmosphere in the first place. But then to have two years later the possibility for it to be entirely flipped and to have an atmosphere like it could be this year, it's going to be insane. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So next we got to talk about those the girls, too. Girls right now, they are that number three seed in the A3 district. Lincoln High is that number one spot. They're taking on Omaha, number four, Omaha Burke. And then number three, West Side takes on number two, Lincoln Northeast. Lincoln Northeast, great team. On the other side of that, though, the number one seed, Lincoln High. If West Side does win their first game, which is that's on the 26th, if they win that game, they got to... I'm guess I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on a limb. Lincoln High is going to be Omaha Burke. Omaha Burke's the number four seed. Lincoln High is just straight dominant. And 
I don't, Janie, I know you remember earlier in the year, Westside got blown out by Lincoln High, so it's gonna it's gonna be a tough it's it's gonna be a tough road for them. But I mean, if all goes to plan, they and they beat Lincoln Northeast and they pull out with that long stretch win against Lincoln High because Lincoln High is that predominant team, which I see very clearly going into that state tournament and probably hope maybe having a chance to beat an upset Millard South, but. I, I mean, Westside's chances are not done. They have a chance to get into that in the state tournament. It's just going to be a way bigger road for them than the boys have. Yeah, I mean, Westside actually had the opportunity to be a 2C going into districts even this past weekend. They would have had to beat Millard South, and they would have had Lincoln High, who, who we're seeing here today, beat Gretna for them to move up to the 14th overall spot in the NSA wildcard standings. That, unfortunately, would have had them the 2 seed and, and nobody else but... Uh, you talk uh, about Millard South's district, which, you know, if, if you're West Side, I'd rather go up against Lincoln High, take the chance against Lincoln High. No disrespect to Lincoln High, but look at Lincoln High rather than seem like Millard South. You know, West Side, last time they played Lincoln High, second game of the year in the little quad for pod tournament, whatever that was to start off the year. After taking down Columbus, they go up against Lincoln High at Millard North, which is a weird neutral site game. Westside shot 32% from the field, did not have a single person in double figures, uh, and only had a one person over five points, and that was Lucy Shanlo with six. Shanlo we didn't even see in the game up against Miller South this past Saturday. I'm not quite sure what her role is going forward. Um, it's kind of going to be kind of odd to see. I think we're going to see a lot more of Kamora Jenkins, who, who's had a really good factor. Adrian DePrima has been been a, a, a leading factor offensively. Cheney Thompson has, has oddly been quietly putting up very, very productive games uh, these last couple of weeks. Case in point was Metro Conference Tournament Central. Same to her for, um, you, you talk about a couple of games later, Kamora Jenkins as well. Thompson this past weekend at Millard South. That game, at the end of the at the end of the half, was still a close one. I mean, Westside outscored Millard South in the second quarter, 22-16. to 16. They got blown out in the first quarter, but able to answer back. In the second, then third and fourth, it kind of went away. Westside only scored 13 points combined in the second half. Um, but good things to talk about. Madeline Seeler had a great night um, from uh, in the paint, working as a four, working up against a little bit as well, against Juliana Jones, saw a little bit of Chloe Lemon uh, in there as well. But Seeler had, had 10 points, excuse me, um, and she kind of showed that she could truly be the forward, and, and she could – physically have that presence in the paint and, and going up against some of the top teams in the state. She had 10. Adriana DePrima had 14. Cheney Thompson, again, very quietly, but had 11 points on the night. So, you know, I, looking at Lincoln Northeast, again, it, it's it's a part of the heartland of the conference tournament to where, or a conference overall for basketball that can be a little chaotic that, you know, isn't quite as, I don't want to say quite as consistent, but it's not always easy to see what's going to come from them. Um, and I think Westside has a great chance to be able to pull off an upset over Lincoln Northeast against at Lincoln Northeast, so that's going to be definitely a different atmosphere um, to be able to see what they're going to do there. But, you know, I think it's a good night. I think it's a good draw for Westside to be able to have. I think I'd rather be a three seed and possibly have to go against Northeast and Lincoln High than have to go up against, like, Millard South. Um, but, again, I would not count this team out. I think there's a lot of positive pieces to it, but if you want to have – a chance to make state, all of those positive pieces have to coincide at the exact same time and exact right moment. And this is the time to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking to Coach Clark, 
you know, he, he felt, you know, both teams are 0-0 coming to districts. Both teams, you know, any team going to districts is 0-0, and really it's one loss and you're done for the majority of teams, right? you got to win to be able to get in, and that's the plain factor of it. So, you know, this is the time to where I think this next week, going up uh, until Saturday, that this team can prepare, lay themselves out, lay their game plan out, and have themselves, you know, the best possible game they can once they get uh, to play in Lincoln Northeast, and hopefully two days later, or uh, a little less than a week later, uh, up against Lincoln Eye, most likely. So, Jay, I do want to kind of touch on what you said. Coach Clark said that once district happens, every team is 0-0. That's what I love about districts. It can, it can go for really nah, kind of like football, but like, like I say, we both play baseball. Baseball districts are the exact same way. Every team is 0-0 once you get to districts. Yes, you have a seed. Yes, you could be the fifth seed. You could be the th- third seed. But you're, no one has a win, no one has a loss. And so this is a, districts is where you truly prove yourself. And that's where, like right now, is where the girls' basketball team, this is where, this is where they're 0-0. They prove to everybody that they want to be in that state tournament, and they can with a win against Lincoln Northeast. And then they got to go on and beat either Omaha Burke or Lincoln High. So they got a tough road. But like Coach Clark said, and like you said, they're 0-0. No one's, no one's different. No one, they're all the same until the games actually happen. So that's why I think districts are such a good thing that can happen and why it's great to have those before state. So, yeah, so, Jay, I think that wraps it up for this third episode today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, like always, we'll be back next week, next Tuesday. We had district starting, so we'll be able to talk about the first game that happened on Monday with boys. Girls will happen in about four days from now at 26. So should be interesting. We'll be back next Tuesday. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Warrior Weekly. See you next week.